Welcome to episode 11 of Listen, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Molly Doyle. And I'm Jasmine Doyle. So, Jazz, back again. Back again. What did you think of this episode? Episode four we're up to now. Oh, it was so good. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. I feel like our little openings are always like the same. I just feel like it's getting better and better this series. I know. I'm so hyped and so invested and it's it's great. It's so good. I'm really loving it. I don't remember feeling this way before, but I guess this is so new for us because it's been so long since we've been like live with it. Exactly. The last time I was excited about Doctor Who, I was a literal child. It's mad. Yeah. Like, obviously, not the last time I was excited about Doctor Who, but... Yeah, but, like, live live Doctor Who. Yeah. It's so exciting. I wish we had, like, ten more episodes of Flux. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So good. Anyway, we've... For now, let's make the most of it still being on, and let's dive yeah. into our discussion. So... This is our review of chapter four, Village of the Angels. So, overall thoughts, how does this one, I mean, we've just said we loved it, but yeah, any specifics that jump out before we dive into the whole episode, particular favourite bits, how do you think it stacks up with what we've had so far? Yeah, I thought it was great. Like, I think the Weeping Angels are always great. But, I mean, are they always great? That's a debate. <laughs> In this case, they were great. The concept of the Weeping Angels is amazing. And I feel like they were used so well. It was so, like, kind of scary. You were on the edge of your seat. All the proper tension that you should get with Weeping Angels. And it was it was really great. It kind of felt like it could have been a kind of standalone story. But then it, it was nice that it kind of, as you got through the episodes, started to link back to the flux storyline which was really cool really loved it yeah I thought it did a um a good job of combining the elements like you say like the aspects that make it a contained story in and of itself yeah balance nicely with the overarching thread going through I thought yeah shall we also shout out to Maxine Alderton the director the writer, the co- oh, Chibnall. the writer, oh yeah, yeah. I thought she's great because she she also wrote the haunting of Villa Diodati. I know so that she's a really really great writer, and she was great, wasn't she? No, she was great. Like I thought, the writing in this episode was so good and so like natural and clever. I really liked it. Yeah, she did a great job. I I thoroughly enjoyed it too. Yeah. I guess it's interesting. I feel like it kind of compares to episode two because that was like the Sontarans episode. Mm. And this is like the Weeping Angels episode. And obviously the last Angel. episode and the first episode didn't really have that. Yeah. I guess you could argue that the last episode was like the, the Maury episode. I guess it was, but the Maury weren't like the villains. The baddies, yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It was very much a a Weeping Angel story here. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think we... Did we even see... Oh, well, we actually we saw Azure. We didn't We didn't see Swarm. No, we didn't. And we'll get on to that. But I thought those... I guess if we're diving into the episode, we've, mm-hmm. we were just discussing before recording about how we were going to structure our discussion today. And it kind of is a bit less disparate than some of the previous ones have been like they they kind of are following the same narrative although then it does split off with Yaz and Dan and the Doctor with uh, Claire and Professor Jericho but then we have this other whole completely unrelated I mean not in the sense that it's still part of you know the Flux story but unrelated to these guys yeah is Belle and her journey yeah I loved all her stuff I think yeah so did I it was really great actually i'm wondering maybe we should get bell's story out of the way first start with bell we could we could start with bell because then we get to finish with you know the cliffhanger yeah focus yeah that's actually a good idea yeah so yeah bell's story i think actually it was a really welcome um i think it fit really nicely although it had nothing to do with what was going on with the doctor and the companions 
It didn't feel like, why are we suddenly looking at her? Because we'd laid the groundwork in the previous episode, we knew who she was, kind of. And she was our link to Azure in this episode, Mm. which was nice because I think we need to keep up that um, contact with Swarm and Azure, with the Ravagers, like what they're all about. What did you think of Belle's story? It was really cool. It was... um... We see, we see her arrive on this planet of, like, survivors of the Flux. Yes. And she's obviously looking for Vinder, and now we kind of have that context that she's trying to find him. And it's quite um, mysterious because she gets invited along to this, I don't know what they call it, like. So they called it, like, the next coalescence. They called it a coalescence. Coalescence. And, yeah, so this is this guy... I think his name was Namaka. Uh-huh. That's who she meets when she arrives on Pisano. And I think with this planet that they're on, well, and the, the brief shots of the universe that we get, we really get this sense that the universe is well and truly in tatters. You know, the flux yeah. has rampaged through. This is one of the only planets that's left and yeah. it's in ruins. And it's not even a full planet. I think he says something yeah. like, you know... He says this is the only planetary remains left in the quadrants. And he says something like, you know, half a yeah. sun. Like, Because Belle said they were going to come here on their honeymoon yeah. or something. But that's all gone. So also, does that does that also reveal that they're married? Belle they said that before, I think. Actually, oh. no. I don't think they did. They didn't. But um, what's his name? The actor in a video, he, he said like, oh, yeah, oh, Belle's really? husband. And I was like, have they said that? But. He revealed it. I see. Um, yeah, and this guy, Namaka, is like like a touchstone for what's going on yeah. on Pisano. And he's like, it's kind, it's so cool the way that him and all of these people are like enraptured yeah. by It swarm. feels biblical. Yes, I wrote that down. It feels so yeah. biblical. Um, you know, he's he's going on about this mysterious person that's got a mission to get everyone to safety and it's very much like adoring. It feels like they're waiting for like the coming of Jesus. To yeah, it completely appear, does. Like, and, yeah. you know, the way they're all applauding mm-hmm. and everything. And it's revealed that Azure is the one. And she's promising them salvation. Um, mm. And then quite dramatically they reveal the passenger yeah um which she's kind of making it out to be this kind of the thing that will grant them access to this safety this new world yeah but we've obviously just seen what the passenger is and we know this bad news they're going to be used as hostages and it's like a moment of ooh when you see it you're like no yeah no and obviously Belle knows that and you can see like the fear and the panic and the knowledge that she has yeah she's trying to convince this Namaka guy like run away yeah um she says I wrote this down because I thought it was a cool quote I didn't write many quotes but she said Pisano is not a sanctuary it's a hunting ground that's when she's realized you know clever yeah it's it's interesting how they all trusted as yours so So readily readily. but i guess they're desperate aren't they like this is the only hope they have so yeah and we do definitely get that sense and i think this whole you know this whole storyline is so important because it does actually help us to realize the extent of damage that the flux has caused like i think if we were just in 1967 and 1901 Mm -hmm. with you know the weeping angels it feels quite small scale that's true especially to begin with yeah to begin with and especially once we have these links to the division and stuff and it's getting bigger but yeah we don't see i mean i guess we do see a little bit but i think seeing these hordes of people that we don't really meet but just seeing the visual of like yeah crowds of like you know desperate refugee type people yeah exactly i think that really helps the scale of Mm. it all it does yeah and also, does it leave us wondering why Azure and Swarm are gathering more hostages for... Yeah. What do you think they're going to do with them? 
Who knows? I don't know what they're up to. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's just like um, more, um, what's the word? Like leverage to have against the doctor. Yeah, they're taking advantage of the the destruction of the flux to get people, desperate people, yeah, into the... Because do they have to... Could they have just done that by force, just put the thing out and zapped them all? I don't know. Or did know. they kind of need to lure them all in? Like, I guess gather all these people in who would willingly not run away and manipulate them. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I guess we haven't... The only other person we've seen be captured by passenger is Diane. Diane. And Diane was not lured in. Diane was... She was, like, dragged in. in. Yeah. yeah. But that was only one person. Maybe if there's mm. lots of people, you know, they need to be willing. Yeah. I'm not sure, but we, I'm sure we'll find out, or well, hopefully yeah. we find out. It was clever. Yeah, and then we only have one last scene with Belle, um, or not even actually with Belle, but on Pisano, which is the... It's a, a mid credit scene. It comes at the very end. Yeah, and this is our only um, sighting of Vinder. Mm. Um, so he's arrived on Pisano, everybody else has left, you know, this... Namaka guy is like, you know, he's come full circle. He didn't want to run mm-hmm. away. He was very kind of angry at Belle. Like, what are you doing? And yeah. now he's realized. He says, like, I think she saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it was like a audible, like, oh, so close. Yeah, like, so close. That, like, with that close. And also the, so Belle's left this message for Vinder and it's the first chance to kind of get to see where she's been and kind of, I guess, you probably up until that point didn't even know she was alive. No. Um, yeah. So he now knows that and he's trying to find her, but then she's about to say her coordinates at the end and then it cuts off. Of course. You so know. <laughs> another... Keep the drama going. Flaw in the plan. But yeah. it was nice. A, a, a moment of touching relationship yeah in the in the midst of it all and it was nice to see Vinda even though it's just for a moment just to remind yeah. us you know he's still got his own journey going he's on he's still out there mm-hmm. and you know the reason that Belle has left is she's gone to help these abductees you know so yes. obviously these scenes that we've seen on Pisano with her this episode are going to be significant we are going to see mm-hmm. more of all of that yeah exactly yeah yeah maybe Vinda will be involved with that too it'll be like the two of them yeah against the do you think they'll be reunited next episode I don't know if it'll be next episode or the finale Mm. I don't know maybe the finale yeah maybe I feel like they like to keep these kind of characters apart as long as possible it'll be a big yeah like a ten and rose reuniting Mm. except probably less dramatic but yeah i hope for some slow-mo running yeah although now all i can think of is that <laughs> that the evil dan <laughs> oh no graham, graham, evil graham. with his soft shoe shuffle <laughs> i love that oh it's so funny right well that's kind of bell's contained story which obviously yeah. isn't contained because it's very tied into the flux and everything but yeah we've got through that um, which I very much enjoyed. Same. But it's certainly not the main focus of the episode. No. So now we can get to the proper meat of the episode. Yeah. No distractions. Yes. Just angel time. So we start off pre-title scene. We're in this session in Jericho's house with Claire. It's revealed it's November the 21st, 1967. Side note, how cool is it that it was November 21st? I know. I didn't even realise that until I rewatched it. And I was like... I realised it immediately. I said it as soon as they said the date. I was like, that's today. That's cool. I mean, they obviously planned it well, you know? Yeah. I thought it was cleverly set up, that scene, with the watching the vibration of the... What's what's that thing called? I don't know, but I was going to ask you because it's quite significant. (laughs) Yeah. Should I look it up? Mm, polygraph a polygraph okay so it was really clever the use of the polygraph because we watch it kind of 
they're just doing like the test questions, which is like, what's the date today? And she says 21st of November and it's fine. And then she says the year and it all goes spirals yeah. out of control, um, which is a clever way to kind of set it up because it's very ominous. You're like, oh, we know. We know why that's a lie. Yeah, and obviously we've we've seen her. We we met her in the first episode, so mm-hmm. you know this whole setup. Yeah, is interesting because we're already in the know, kind of. Yeah, um, and then she reveals her date of birth, which she says as nineteen eighty five, and then he's like, "What?" And then she's like, "Nineteen thirty five. So from that, we can work out that she's. We know that this is after um, we've last seen her, so we yeah. know that she's been sent back to here from the present day in yeah. the first episode. And she's been here for two years, I think she said. Yeah, she does say later. And then, of course, we don't have long until she's possessed yeah. by the angel. And the angel speaks through her, which obviously then comes later through other people as well. What mm. do you think about the angels having a voice? Because this is new. Well, it's not that new. Isn't it? Because I don't know if you recall Flesh and Stone, Angel Bob. Is speaking oh, of course. that soldier Bob. I um, forgot, but that. it's different because you don't see it through. You hear it from the walkie-talkie, mm. so it's a bit of a different situation. And also, I think I don't think in that it's like the angels possessed Bob or something. I think he's just using the angel is using that voice more to like mess with the doctor than anything. Mm. Um, here, I think this is the first time we've seen the angel possess someone like that. Yeah, which is interesting. I'm not sure if I like it that much or not. I think I prefer it when you just hear the voice and it's not like actually connected to a person. Like I quite liked it when it was like tormenting Jericho later in the episode. I think more that than was when cool. Claire speaking. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I kind of agree. But I really loved that shot of Claire going to the bathroom. Mm. I think it's soon after that, isn't it? And she goes yeah. down to you kind of follow her down to the sink and up again. It was just a cool, and then she has these wings. Um, and I just thought that was a cool kind of reveal. As yeah. It kind of panned up. That was cool. And obviously, yeah, we can talk about that because there's various elements in this episode that are, you know, clearly pointing towards her possession, or I don't know if it's yeah. what we term it as, but, you know, she's got um, the angel wings, which come as quite a shock, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. oh. Because I, I, I was fully expecting an angel to appear like yeah. behind her but seeing the wings I was like oh yeah interesting and then also the dust in her eye which I have to say yeah. I'd forgotten that that had happened to Amy had you oh I immediately was like oh Amy I was like this has happened to someone with something but for some reason I thought that it wasn't the weeping angels it was some other monster I think I was thinking oh, of um sleep no more right um but yeah, and it's the also the whole turning to stone thing. Amy has that, but with Amy, it's kind of more psychological. Yeah. She's like, I can't move my arm, it's stone. And the doctor's like, look at it, it's not. Yeah. Whereas Claire was quite literally being transformed. Yeah, which, I mean, it's obviously comes into play later in the episode, but it's very interesting because all of this is leading us to believe, you know, Claire is the chosen one, Claire's the one, mm-hmm. the angels want or whatever, but then it turns out, it's not at all. Yeah. She's not the one that's going to be turned into the angel. No. It's a big we'll, misdirection. We'll get to that. Yes. So. But yes. Um, this is how we start. And then, you know, she's like, the angel has the TARDIS or whatever. Yeah. And we kind of dive in to the credits. Yeah. And then when we're back after the credits, we've got our only time in the TARDIS. I feel like we haven't had much of the TARDIS this Whole we series. haven't, because the TARDIS has been messing up a bit. Yeah. It's not being very useful. No. So, at this point, you know, the angels hijacked it. We've got the Doctor, Yaz and Dan in mm-hmm. quite, you know, quite significant peril in the TARDIS. The Doctor does some kind of real, I don't know, sci-fi babble type thing yeah. that she pushes these two things together and gets rid of the angel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was interesting at this point. She says, it stuck out to me both times I watched it, that she says it's going to take the TARDIS a long time to recover. Um, And I was like, is this significant? Does this mean that, you know, the TARDIS is going to be out of action for like, I guess now they've got bigger fish to fry. Like, 
you know, there's other yeah. <laughs> other things yeah. at stake by the end of the episode. But I was wondering True. at that point, like, are they going to be unable to use the TARDIS? I guess it does. It creates the stakes that, like, if they get sent back in time, they can't just have some handy, yeah, handy dandy TARDIS to come and go pick them up again. That's true. So there's more at stake from the angels. Yeah. Mm. So then they arrive. They step outside. It's 1967, which we had a little comedic moment where the Doctor figures that out from this <laughs> man's coat. Oh yes. <laughs> Um, and yeah and then we're kind of introduced to the other thread of the story which is the Mm -hmm. search for this missing little girl peggy yeah with gerald and jean this old couple and then from there the story really diverges yeah so which path they kind of split off yeah what do we want i don't know who do you want to follow first you choose shall we follow yaz and dan first Okay, yeah, because, you know, savings, building up to the... (laughs) Yeah, we're building up, (laughs) I think. Yeah, so do you want to talk us through how this one... So Yaz and Dan um, decide to go and help search for this missing child, um, Peggy, and while the doctor goes back with Claire and Jericho. Um, And Yaz gets to be proper PC Khan and do her bit of being, like, trying to instruct everyone on how they should be operating their search which i like which is nice that she gets to but that she doesn't get taken very seriously no i kind of wanted her to say to that you know grumpy old man like you know excuse me i'm a police officer like i know what i'm doing i kind of wanted her to but you know they'd just be like uh yeah you can't be a police officer (laughs) you're a woman (laughs) exactly um but it was cool to see her using that. Mm. Um, so they decide to go and search in this field where Peggy liked to hang out. I don't know if that's the term. <laughs> <laughs> little, like, eight-year-old Peggy going <laughs> hanging out in the field. Yeah, I think it works. I think it works. Also, we realise her uncle is not very nice. Yeah, he's not. Um, so we don't really mind when he's, you know, spoiler alert, yeah. killed later in so the episode. So I think... We see um, Yaz and Dan spot uh, what they call a scarecrow in the distance. Yes, which of course instantly thoughts go to the family of blood. Yeah, in, I feel like I feel like they shouldn't have put that in the next time. Did they have it in the next time? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Everyone was like, "Oh, is the family of blood going to be mentioned?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe." And then it was like so quickly, like, "Oh my god, it's an angel!" And I was like, oh. "Yeah, it was like instant." Okay. Um, yeah and very quickly in terms of how soon this happens in the episode Yaz and Dan are plunged into the past very very quickly they they have a moment of trying not to blink but their thing goes out and the moon goes behind the cloud yeah and they're zapped back it's all done very well it is although you know that isn't the first angel zapping we see in the episode we actually skipped over it but you've got the vicar guy Counting the headstones. Oh, goodness. I forgot. Yeah. That was cool. That was clever. Because we have this old woman yeah. saying, like, count the gravestones. If you don't believe me, count the gravestones. And he's going through and he's like, there's an extra one. And it's obviously an angel. Um, I would like to say, um, with the people I was watching with, this, we called immediately that this woman was Peggy. <laughs> Did you? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember having a moment of realisation when it was revealed, but I don't think I thought it straight away. I think it just slowly dawned on me as the episode yeah. went on. It's very obvious in hindsight. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I'm not sure if I would have thought of it without Ollie saying it, but when I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be, isn't it? So, maybe not the biggest reveal, but clever to have something like that. A, yeah, a and I, I don't think they were really trying to hide it. Like, if they wanted it to be more of a shock, true. they could have done it differently. True, true. Um, but yeah, but it's a nice thread, you know, running through. A nice thread. So that's interesting. Yes, yeah, so this vicar's zapped back. I guess that's just to kind of establish that it is. an angel's about. Yeah. Because we don't see that guy again, do we? No, and it's just to establish as well that this old woman knows something, you know. Yeah. She's in the know of the angels. Just like how when we saw Claire in the first episode, she knew about the angels. Although that's, we'll come to that, but it's slightly different to what um, 
I thought how I yes. thought it would be. We will come to that. We'll go through the rest of Dan and Yaz's story. So the next time we cut to them, mm-hmm. they're wandering around in the past. They've been zapped back to 1901. Um, mm. It's a deserted, it's the same village. It's deserted. Yeah. I wrote down initially, um, I feel like they should be more panicky here. Like when they first were there, they were just like, seemed kind of chill yeah but then they actually did have this like sad moment where dan was like i don't think we're gonna get back and then yaz like mandip girl's acting was i thought very good and actually quite yeah i think they weren't yeah. panicky they were just i think sort of... i think at the time i thought oh they're not panicky because they probably just think the doctor's gonna come and save them in the tardis but you said that the tardis was rendered out of action i don't think i really noticed that so yeah with that knowledge they kind of know they are a bit trapped Unless they have a vortex manipulator. Yes, which I don't think they Cheap do. Cheap and nasty. <laughs> Cheap and nasty time show. Um, yeah. And actually, I was thinking on that, maybe... Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe, you know, us as the viewer, like, we know how serious the Weeping Angels are. Yeah. But to Yaz and Dan, particularly to Yaz, who's been on loads of adventures, you know, most of the time, you're in peril. It seems like there's no way out. Yeah. Every in. other time, she's been close to death. The doctors swooped in and saved her. Yeah, but I think it's just from our knowledge as viewers of, you know, the fact that the Weeping Angels were the end of Amy and Rory, you know. And mm-hmm. if you think of in Blink, you know, the first, um, what's her name? The the sister, the friend of... Nightingale. Um, um, Kathy. Kathy Nightingale. Yeah? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know... T- to us as viewers the weeping angels kind of spell that's it you're gone yeah but i guess maybe yaz and dan don't necessarily know that like yeah i don't know i don't know whether they've been briefed on the angel i mean they seem Seeing to know yaz had serious. a few kind of yeah but i don't but, know if that's yeah just... perhaps yeah exactly not quite the scope of it all but also um, maybe you wouldn't want to face the fact that you might be True. Holding on to hope at that point. And then um obviously they bump into Peggy. Yes, and she reveals that all the people in the village have been taken by the angels. Yeah. Interesting. Um and interestingly, she's not worried. Um She's been told Yeah by the angel they're gonna leave you alone. Yeah, they're going to leave her alone. And she says, they put thoughts in my head. And I'm Mm. like, do you think Peggy is experiencing or has experienced the same as Claire? Do you think they're both? I think so. Do you think she's also got an angel inside of her? I don't know if the angel is forming inside of her, but they're putting thoughts. Like, I think if an angel puts thoughts in your head, I guess they have the capability to possess you. But Mm. I don't think they necessarily will without needing to yeah because i think claire's one developed because it's like the image of an angel becomes an angel yeah so because she's a seer she had this image she's got yeah. this premonition gift thing it was a little confusing but i guess yeah, yeah i don't think her peggy and claire's situations are identical they're a little different but i think yeah she had a she was told by the angels um so she's pretty chill she is chill <laughs> perhaps a bit too chill Perhaps a bit too chill, indeed. But maybe if she's been there for a while, mm. she's maybe kind of become a bit accustomed to it. Yeah, and I guess she didn't have the best life in 1967. No, she didn't. So maybe she's yeah fine. Um, and she says to them, you mustn't leave the village. You mustn't go past the sign. And they go yeah. on a little wonder. And I mean, this visual is this so is cool. This is interesting, Yeah. Really cool, because basically the village beyond the sign just drops off into space. Yeah, it's um, like the edge They're just of, kind of floating. Yeah, I don't know, the edge of the universe. And that brings it all really back into the Doctor Who flux yeah. situation. Until that point, we're in like a historical episode. Yeah. And now we're in back in the kind of main story when you see it like that. And it's retreating inwards. It is, so. which is so cool. It's crumbling further. You know, the village is shrinking. Um, mm-hmm. It's really got this sense of a a ticking clock in a, in a very calm, ominous way, you know? Yeah, it was cool. It is cool. And then shortly after that, we have 
back in 1967 with Gerald and Jean, the the couple, Mm -hmm. they're zapped back in time by an angel. Yeah. Although, interestingly, in 1967 as well, they come across this same thing. Because I wonder whether that was just in the past. Yeah, same. in both times. Which makes sense because, you know, time is broken. So, you know, all of this is happening. So, Mm -hmm. Gerald and Jean are also zapped back in time. I guess they are there mainly just to be like, oh, Angel's going to get you. Just to like... Yeah. You need some people to get taken by the angels. Yeah, definitely. That's their main role. Completely. It can't be Yaz and Dan. Interesting that they established the, oh, no one survives it twice. Yes. Because I'm fairly certain that they have. Yeah, so this is something new, right, for this episode. Like, we haven't had that rule before. Can you think of any examples of where... Angels take Manhattan. They had the kind of hotel of people getting... Oh, wasn't that on kind of loop. repeatedly getting them on a loop, sending them back, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe not. I think that's what I thought it was. Yeah, I think you're right. So I'm wondering, is it just that um, these ones are extra ruthless division operative angels? That Maybe. Because I was going to say, I was going to bring it up more when we come into the Doctor story, but I loved... And it was really scary how violent the angels were this time. Yeah. Like, they struck me more so than in previous episodes. Like, yeah. how they're banging and smashing and, like... They were, like, yeah, ruthless. They really are. So I'm wondering yeah. if this particular... Perhaps, yeah. You know, group Subset. of angels is... Especially, like, during the flux also. If, if time is breaking down, maybe it's also... That, yeah. that would impact not being able to be sent back through time twice. I can believe that. But it's interesting because it's like, that's how, you know, they survive off of time energy by sending people back in time. So if they're yeah. just killing people, surely they're not actually getting what they mm. need. That's true. I'm, so, not, I'm not sure why that was established really. No. Was it just so we would be more like, scared for Yaz and Dan. Yeah, and the Doctor. Knowing they've been... And the Doctor. Yeah, maybe. Oh, because the Doctor's already been sent back. No. Yeah. Well... In Blink. Oh, yeah. But also, is it twice in succession? Like, obviously, that was a long time ago that the Doctor was sent back. Oh, I don't know. Like, has she now, like, enough time has passed that she hasn't anymore? Yeah, she's got a whole different body now. I don't know. Interesting. But, well be interesting to see if any more people are killed also when the angel grabbed him (laughs) oh my god yeah that was quite dramatic it was um yeah but so we've got the sense of the village closing in and i think they say something like the angels are herding them yeah uh which is very scary because obviously it is scary you know they can't really move i mean they can but we never see them move so it makes it even more ominous and scary that they can hurt Remember people we did see them move in, the, in flesh and stone oh we did see when amy had her eyes closed i have to admit that um i'm a little hazy on flesh and stone i'm quite good on flesh and stone yeah i haven't seen it very much i think i need to rewatch it and i want to i do i do like that episode. so you're the authority on flesh and stone i can only okay. really speak well, to blink. we do see the angels move then but i I have it on my authority from Blink. Mm-hmm. I believe that in Blink they established that the angels don't even look like angels when they move. That's what they lock to oh. when we when we're observing them, and when they're unobserved, they're a completely different form. But Ooh. I think they then kind of changed that in Flesh and Stone. I think they kind of rewrite those rules because we see them moving. Yeah. Well, I guess you know the angels are. In the grand sense of things, a new villain, yeah, a new creature. They were created by Stephen Moffat. And I know I keep going on last episode, I was talking about those little videos that I've watched on the Doctor Who channel, yeah. YouTube channel. Like, they're really good. And there was one this week, and Chris Chibnall was talking about the mythology of the angels. And he was saying, you know, they started off so small, like so perfect, but so small. Yeah, they kind of added more and more rules. It was like the image of the angel and the thing about Amy. Yeah. Oh, Amy looked in the eye of the angel and now she's turning into an angel, you know. And I think some of those rules have been a bit um, neglected and changed 
um, as they're trying to kind of establish the law of the Weeping Angels. Mm. But it was nice to see. I think in this episode, it's good they didn't try and introduce any other particular rules. I liked that they were following through with like the photo of the angel image thing. I thought that was quite cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I like that too. Because it kind of establishes it as well. Like, you know, the idea like, oh, the image of an angel is itself an angel is cool. But like when you bring it back, it's like, no, 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 this is a real rule. Like it's not something we just made up for this episode. Like we're sticking to it. Yeah, exactly. And they really utilized it. Like they were, oh, they the did. angels were really yeah making use of that. <laughs> Which was cool. And we'll get to that in Jodie's section. But where are we right now? Um, yeah, so we've just had the death or the, I don't know what you'd call it, disintegration of yeah. um, Jean and Gerald. And the next time we come back to Dan, Yaz and Peggy, they're um, at this burial site situation, yeah. which is the angel spaceship, are we led to believe? I'm not entirely sure. It's something to do with the I'm angels. I'm a bit hazy on the facts there. It's, it, well, it's not a burial site, for one. They make that clear, but it looks yeah. like it. And it's stone, and it's all where all the angels are. So I think it's some kind of angel ship. Although, it seems weird to imagine them with a ship, because, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It just does. Um, but anyway, they're at this burial site, and there's a clear dividing line where it looks like night on the other side. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. I don't know. Is that, are we led to believe that's kind of a symptom of the flux and just time leaking into the other time? Yeah, I don't know, I guess. And they, they're quite, you know, don't cross the line, but we don't, we didn't actually see anyone cross the line. It reminded me of um, the Timeless Children or Ascension, Ascension mm-hmm. of the Cybermen, where they've got that boundary to the... yeah. Gallifrey is it on the other side and Yaz like you know strides across um but obviously yeah. she doesn't hear um and this is where we have young Peggy meets old Peggy yeah and she's like oh I remember this old Peggy also gives us some more useful information here um and she kind of says you know she's revealing that you know the angels have sent everybody back in time well not quite everybody and the reason is is that they're cruel and they like to leave a few witnesses to tell the story and they're like or witnesses to what and they're like quantum extraction Ooh, i think that i think the angels being kind of um i think that is in character with the angels being kind of um just cruel for like the sake of being cruel Mm. in in the time of angels um, when they've kind of got into Amy's eye, they make her slowly like count down from 10. The doctor's talking to Angel Bob and he's like, why are you making her do this? Why are you like taunting her? And he's like, for fun. Yeah. Like, so the angels are clearly the type of people that do that type of thing, like leave someone behind or like draw out like Amy's demise in that sense where they're just for their kind of personal enjoyment. They're quite a, a cruel bunch. They really are. Yeah, so I quite liked that. But the quantum extraction. Yeah, and earlier in the episode, it's also revealed that these were the words that the angels were putting, or these were the thoughts that the angels were putting into Peggy's head. Yeah. Um, and I think the doctor then is like, quantum extraction, they're taking the village out of space and out of time. I think that's what quantum extraction is. Yeah. I don't know. What is quantum? I know that it's like an actual science thing. Quantum is just the study of um, basically science that's really, really small. So it's looking at like photons and things on a level, like looking at electrons, for example, on a really small, small scale where they act really differently to how things act classically. So things act really sh- like it's it's all like, yeah, like things act differently when they're observed in and when they're not observed um, in our world. In our classical world that we live in, we have like particles and we have waves. But in the quantum sense, everything is kind of um, both of these things and none of these things. It's all very like weird, and it's often just used in like sci-fi as like a, a ooh quantum. Okay, right. Yeah. Ah, okay. Thank you, Jazz. I'm sorry, we should say Jasmine studies maths and physics, which is why I'm turning to her for the science questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that you studied quantum extraction. But I have studied multiple modules on quantum physics. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear it. Um, if you ever need to know anything about 
I don't know. I don't think I can give anything of note. Um, I have studied the 20th century in history. So. Yes. <laughs> um, right. Well, anyway, on that mysterious, weird quantum note, um, that's sort of where Yaz and Dan's story coalesces with the Doctor's. So should we jump back to the beginning and follow the Doctor's journey? Yes, let's do it. Because I think this was my favourite part. Yeah, this is the meat of the episode. Um, yeah. You know, which is as it should be. You know, with the Doctor taking the lead. I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. So we left off where the Doctor arrived with Dan and Yaz in 1967. Mm -hmm. She quickly goes off on her own because basically her Sonic is like, has sensed something. Um, Which turns out is Claire. So she breaks in to Jericho's house where he's having this session with Claire. She's obviously just in shock. She's literally, as we saw in the pre-title scene, just had this sort of possession moment um yeah so what did you think of this whole storyline or plot line of it as as a whole and then we can go into individual bits i really loved this part i thought it was so like exciting and um intense and it really felt like the whole place was kind of under siege yeah um which was really exciting and felt very like high stakes. Yeah. It's, it's quite scary. Yeah, very quickly we start to see the angels surrounding the house. Like it happens quite soon in the episode. When do we is it when Jericho opens the door? Yeah. I think that's a really cool shot because it's so like immediate that there's yeah. suddenly they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And there's multiple. <laughs> And they're really having to barricade themselves in. And it, it reminded me of, <laughs> I feel like, I should, like we should make a little compilation of all the times. I've, yeah, like, like, it reminded, it reminded me, me of, so no, it reminded me of Spyfall when they're in the Master's okay. TARDIS house and the Kasavin are all oh, outside. Yeah. Mm. But this was more scary in a way, because uh, yes. we know what the angels are and we know what they're about. Exactly. Um. Anyway, so his home is surrounded by angels and we know it's, well, we think it's because of Claire. Um, turns out it's not really. But we learn some really interesting stuff about Claire. So she says yeah. she had a premonition the day before she met the doctor in Halloween mm-hmm. on Halloween. So essentially the 30th of October 2021, if we're taking this as exactly how it is. Um, where she and she had she mentions a couple of things like she says like the TARDIS an angel like da 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 this the words don't blink or whatever, and yeah. then she meets the Doctor the next day and then she's sent back. So I thought she'd actually met the Doctor before. I thought so too. And I thought she'd had more. She'd actually come into contact with the angels, but she yeah. Hasn't. I can't tell if I think it's a bit of a cop out mm. that they didn't because I would have maybe liked a bit more timey wimey. Yeah, like she I think had met the doctor. I liked. I think it would have been cool if the angels had sent her forwards in time because yeah. Well, I mean, why couldn't they do that? They could have done that. Exactly, and that would be like a new part of the law that's adds to it. You so, know, yeah, yeah, that's true. And then it would have been timey wimey, and then they still could have had her going back. I don't know. Um, it may have complicated the story. It I might have complicated it, it. I feel like there's, there's a lot of timey wimey <laughs> going on, but this was a little bit yeah. like. I mean, oh. it was fine. I'm not. I'm not annoyed at them. But no, could have been a missed opportunity for something cool. Maybe. Yeah, I think but, so. Um, that explains that ties mm. up that little unknown. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it is nice in, in a sense episode. to have something tied up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of the only things that's tied up in this story. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Claire also reveals that this is the cursed village. So while she... Oh, she also had... Yeah, one of the things that in her premonition was the name of this village. So she Googled yeah. it back when she was in 2021. So she already had this prior knowledge that this village had been wiped of all its people twice. Both in 1901 and 1967. Yeah, so she knew it was coming. Yeah, she did. And so this is cool because through Claire we get... We get you know, we're actually getting some actual proper information yeah but at the same time as we're getting this we're also getting as we already previously discussed you know these um number of signs that shows that she's turning into an angel as it were yeah um yeah and we're also getting the angels 
breaking into the house as i said as we yeah. discussed like more violent more uh scary than yeah. before and they they grab a tv so they can watch them um observe them make sure they're not i don't know i guess so they could be watched but yeah at the same time it's a risk because you know the image of an angel that which holds the image of an angel is itself an angel yeah of course and I mean, it's so cool that it happens with the sketch. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. I really liked that. And then it was so, so cool when they set fire to that sketch. Yeah, oh my God, I loved it. So it was, yeah. I loved that. And it it was such a shock. I didn't expect it. No, me neither. And also I love the doctor's... fiery angel. Yeah, the doctor's reaction of just like, what? (laughs) That made it worse. (laughs) Like, it was quite funny. But the actual, yeah, the visual of that was so cool and like actually terrifying. Can you imagine a blazing, weeping angel? (laughs) I know. Really, really cool. I loved that. Um yeah and then and anyway i mean and it's so we don't even get the time to dwell on it because very quickly then we have this reveal that you know her arms are turning to stone so Mm -hmm. it's like oh my god she's becoming an angel and then they have this discussion about she's got this psychic manifestation of an angel that's taken root in her mind because she has like this gift of seeing and so the angel's been able to because it's an image of an angel it's growing in her mind right Mm -hmm. yeah I think so. It's a bit confusing. But all this leads to the doctor going inside her mind. Yeah. So this is kind of a sub-scene within this storyline. I was going to say I thought it was nice that she asked Claire for consent. Yeah, I I also thought that was interesting in the era of Me Too rather than David just... um, Yeah, exactly. ...invading people's minds Mm. quite readily. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Yeah, and they put their little headsets on. Um, yeah, which then becomes—I mean—they made quite a big deal of these. Like, it's because Jericho wants to observe them, being the scientist that he is. But then later yeah. they use them for the angels. But anyway, we have this whole sub scene. So poor Jericho is left to fend for himself. Like, yeah. while those two are kind of in this trance world, and he's trying to keep. I've got to say, I like Jericho. I think he's a cool character. Yeah, we haven't really discussed him, but um, he is cool. I like him. Yeah, he's quite um, a stoic man. Yeah, and I, he's I like... very much like... I, I was a sort of thing that was like everyone else, when they see the Waving Angel, like, don't blink. And Jericho's like, you are observed. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. I yeah. like that. Um, and I think quite funny. it was a perfect example of, like, they gave a little bit of context about his background and how he'd been involved in the second world war and being in the uh concentration camps yeah um and that was like relevant because then he's like you know i've seen horrors like this won't phase me and it's like actually relates Mm. to his character very well um and then later they're like surrender jericho and he's like never and it's like oh that actually was a very relevant little piece of character Mm. backstory some good backstory there yeah, so poor Jericho stuck on the outside. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. we have a fascinating scene with the Doctor and Claire in her mind. So do you want to talk us through your thoughts on what happened here and all of this stuff? Yeah, so we appear on this this beach mm. um, where we see Claire and the angel. Um, and essentially, we establish that this angel has kind of gone rogue and is trying to kind of hide in Claire and the angels are hunting down Claire to capture this rogue angel. Um, And we're learning about the angels being like agents of the division. Yeah, they're an extraction squad for the division and they're the ones that are pursuing this rogue angel. Um, I mean, I feel like our knowledge and our understanding of the division is changing so much. I thought it was just a Time Lord thing. But clearly yes. it's not. But we got Carbonista involved. <laughs> We've got... Vinda. Weeping Angels. Yeah, Vinda. Whatever like, species it's, it's, he is. Yeah, so it's definitely not a ti- just the Time Lord thing. And is are all Weeping Angels, like, agents of the, the, the Division, is that their purpose? Or is, that, is this a subset of Weeping Angels? I don't know if we know. I assumed that this was just 
a select group that were agents of the division, but not all of them were. But I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And then it's also revealed that, well, both the angel, this rogue angel tells the doctor that both the doctor and the angel used to be operatives of the division. And they said division uses everyone, is everywhere and is unstoppable. And it's just like, I'm just so intrigued. Like, what is the division? Also, is it the division or just division? They kept calling it division in this episode. I always call it the division. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I just, I just want to spend a moment and just say, like, they have done such a good job building up the division. Like, I am so... What is this? I want to know so bad. It's cleverly done because we are kind of learning more and more. It's like building up. Mm. And I really hope it has a nice, satisfying ending. Yeah, I, I hope so too. The stakes are definitely high. Because <laughs> we've only got two episodes left and we've got an awful lot of yeah. unfinished um, storylines. Although, wrapping up. I saw this interest. Did you watch the Confused Adipose's video about um, the new special? No. So the fact that in the like imagery for it, the TARDIS is still like broken. So he was speculating that that. maybe like the flux isn't going to be fully resolved by the end of flux and it's going to continue. Yeah. Who knows? We're obviously still building to some kind of climax, whatever that may be with this, uh, the ending in sight. But we still get more information about this angel. He basically... He, she, I don't know, they, the angel, the rogue angel is bargaining for protection from this extraction squad. Because basically the angel says that the squad wants this rogue angel because they have all this knowledge about everything (laughs) to do with the division. They don't want the knowledge getting out. Yeah. And they can, or is it that? I took it to mean that, oh no, that makes more sense than what I thought. What did you think it was? I I thought that the squad wanted this knowledge, but I guess they would already know. I think it was because this angel's gone rogue and is going to go spilling the secrets of the division. That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Well, and it's true because the the rogue angel offers to give the doctor knowledge on herself um, if she basically helps them out. Yeah. Very dramatic. Also, we haven't even mentioned, it's all in grayscale. It's very... It's very cool. And also, apparently, it starts off as sand and it ends up as rock. Oh. I didn't even notice that. Where they're standing. I didn't either. It just gave me Bad Wolf Bay vibes. It did, yeah. (laughs) So, all this is going on and is abruptly brought to a halt when Jericho throws a cup at the doctor. That was (laughs) funny. (laughs) Because he needs to snap her out of it, rightly so, because he's trying to fend off all these angels and we've kind of glossed over this scene while this has been happening. We have that scene that we touched on with the TV and the voice talking to Jericho, taunting him, essentially. That was really cool. Um, I really liked that. Which, again, plays into what we were discussing about the angels being cruel. Like, there's no reason for them to, like be mean to him in this way but they are they are cruel beings oh i was just gonna say um a little tiny point of note just because it was cool was about the polygraph sketching the angel that was so cool i loved that that's happening while the angels are tormenting jericho through the tv and they say we are patient we have time we are everywhere and like the machines oh it reminded me of um the, the the veil when it's like you will run, it will walk, you will rest, it doesn't. And yes. it's like, that's what the the energy the angels are giving off here. It's like, they have all the time. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll wait. Because you've got to blink eventually and they'll be there ready to... Ooh. Yeah, so true. But also, I don't Get quite you. understand how Jericho managed to not blink. Well, that... I guess maybe time was passing differently on the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, exactly, and also he there were no angels directly in the true. room, and they did move around like you know the where they were watching, yeah. up watching it went exactly. I've got to say, in general, I think people in this episode don't utilize the fact that there are multiple of them yes. at times, and like when there's like the three like Doctor Yaz and Dan in the TARDIS at the beginning, and they're all like, "Don't blink!" I'm like, "Well, there's only one angel. Yeah, there's three like, of you. Take you can turns take turns blinking." blinking. 
Yeah, and then you can rest and be like, now you close your eyes. But for some reason, they're all there trying not to blink, and, <laughs> and also at the same time, like idiots, you know. And Yaz and Dan with the scarecrow as well in the field, like yeah, you know. I guess the only time they do use it well is the bit we're coming on to, which is when they go into the tunnel. Yes. Oh my god, the angels' arms in in the walls. Oh, that was so good. Ah, oh, that was incredible. That. That, I loved that. Like I audibly gasped. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, so scary. The, the whole bit in the tunnel was so cool. So yeah. the doctor sends those two into the tunnel while she's while she stays out and just fends off the. I don't know what she even does. Well, I know what she does. She reverses the polarity of the neutron flow. Oh, a classic. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always fun. was that just like dazing them? I'm not sure what was happening. Well. She said it was going to give them a bit of a headache. Okay. I don't know what she was doing because they had the headsets <laughs> on them. Just so they can run off and she gives her a bit of time to get out and shut the door. But anyway, so they end up in the tunnels. Um, yeah. The angels are in the walls. It reminded me of um, the Witch's Familiar and the Magician's Apprentice. I was going to say that too. Yeah, with the Daleks in the... Yeah, all the, all the sick Daleks in the yeah yeah which is cool and then they get to sort of like nearly out and they manage to the doctor's you know being noble and you know taking the burden of the angels and she's telling jericho and claire like they're facing the other way she's facing one way yeah claire gets through yeah jericho and the doctor are left yeah and they're both looking at respective angels on either side yeah and the Doctor has a plan to do basically what they do in Blink, which is leave the angels looking at each other. Yeah. So they've locked for eternity, constantly observed. So they both dash off when the Doctor instructs. Um, but Jericho, unfortunately, gets zapped. He gets an angel in his eye. <laughs> yeah. And he's zapped back into 1901. Yeah. But... More interestingly than him, obviously, because, you know, we've seen a few people go to 1901 now. Yeah. Um, we have just the Doctor left. Yeah. She makes this decision to run. I think basically giving up, really, because yeah. I think she kind of knows she actually needs... Everyone now is in the past. Like, she's probably... I mean, she doesn't know, but, you know, she probably can guess that Dan and Yaz might be there, too. Um, yeah. But the angels don't attack. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> Very interesting because she goes for a sprint and they just don't follow. And yeah. She blinks at them and they don't come. And then so she just walks her way out and emerges from this burial ground spaceship yeah. situation. Um, which now we have like Claire with her rogue angel like standing in a sort of circle of life Simba like fashion on the top yeah. of it. <laughs> like I don't even Very know true. cliff type thing and all these other angels flanking them. Um, yeah. And then the twist in the plan sort of all comes to fruition. Yeah. Um, what happens, Jazz? So basically, the doctor's talking to Claire the angel possessed, possessing Claire and the angel saying like they've made a new deal because there's someone they want more than the rogue angel. So they're going to let the rogue angel go and who are they going to take instead? The doctor. The doctor. Of course. And they say, you know, you are recalled to division. Oh, it was so cool. And oh my God, what a transformation. I, I <laughs> what a transformation. What a cliffhanger. It was so cool. Um, the doctor just gets overcome by stone and just ends up with the hands in the weeping position. A stone doctor angel. Really, really cool. Which I feel like is such a big deal that they've turned the doctor into a weeping angel. Yeah, it's mad. Like, they haven't even turned anyone into a weeping angel. Like, mm. we've had the threat of people becoming weeping angels. Yeah. But we haven't actually had it. And the fact that this is the first time it happens is with the actual doctor. Yeah. And also, why though? Because they said you were called to division. So, yeah. why do they then turn her into a weeping angel? Is that a part of the process of being recalled? Like, oh. 
Because I, th- yeah. I, when they said you are recalled to division, I sort of that meant that they're they're forcing her back into service for them. Yeah. But like, if she's a stone angel, how's she going to do any division work? I don't know. As an angel, or does recalling her to division just mean like imprisoning her? I have no idea. We're going to have. I th- hopefully will all be explained. Yeah. But really, really cool. It's very cool. I love that. Everything sort of left on a cliffhanger. And the theme music is all distorted at the end as well. Which... Yeah, and they, someone said there's no, um, there's no da-da-da-dun, da-da-da-dun. Yeah, it's, it's like because really Because the doctor's been frozen. Quiet. So, you know, no, yeah, but you know that da-da-da-dun is the heartbeat of the Time Lord. Oh. The doctor's been frozen <gasps> as an angel, so it doesn't have a heartbeat. Oh, I didn't even think of that. So yeah, that's basically the episode. We've already discussed the then like mid credit scene that we had mid-credit with Belle. Um, so yeah, I mean, very dramatic. Yeah. Very ominous. I love the whole vibe of the episode with the creepy deserted village and the creepy yeah. haunted house. Very Villa Diodati, knock knock, all of those vibes yeah. kind of creeping in. Hide. It reminded me of Hide quite a lot. I said that in the trailer from last time. Yeah. But like the whole era and the whole like mm. the psychic type thing and you know headsets True. and stuff but better yeah it was really cool yeah any closing thoughts it was amazing i loved it shall we briefly discuss the next time trailer yeah i feel like i'm not fully like i didn't watch it fully enough to know okay like you may need to kind of give me a let me tell you what we get brief shots of yeah so Bearing in mind, it's called Survivors of the Flux, which we've already had some references to in this episode and the previous one. Yeah, by Belle. So, um, right. So, we have Unit is back, which apparently is a huge deal. Kate! Yeah, Kate, which, I mean, it is. Like, we haven't seen Unit since apparently... Well, it was revealed that it was disbanded, right? Yeah. In some, one of Jodie's episodes... Um, so Kate, who hasn't been there since, I don't know, when was Kate there? Uh, oh, was it in the the one with Bill? Which one with Bill? Pyramid at the end of the world. It seems like she would have been, yes, but I don't remember fully. Anyway, not for a long, long time. Yeah. So that's cool. We also see her facing off against the Grand Serpent, so he's back. The Grand Serpent's back, and he's got the TARDIS. He's got a TARDIS? Doesn't he have the TARDIS? I don't know. I didn't notice that. Maybe he does. Um, we also see an ood. An ood with different eyes. Yeah. <laughs> we also have Yaz and Dan. And it's revealed that they've been... They've been there for years. Three years. In the 1900s. I, hate, I feel so sad for them. Yeah. I always feel really sad when companions get trapped for like a really long time. I felt so sad when Bill got trapped for so long. Oh my God. I really hope it's not a repeat Obviously, of that. this is a bit nicer for them. At least they're together and I don't know what they've been up to. I'm still um, traumatized. Wait, yes. From... One second though. I'm just confirming the Grand Serpent is in front of the TARDIS. Oh, okay. Cool. So. Thank you. Yes, you're right. Yeah. What was I saying? Poor, I still feel traumatized from Bill being stuck there, honestly. Yeah. But I, I wonder what they've been up to yeah maybe they set up an old-timey unit <laughs> maybe that's why unit's back <laughs> they maybe. oh that's quite cool actually that would be cool but <laughs> they're the founders of unit yeah <laughs> also i saw this interesting um an interesting comment that was like you remember how mad yaz was when the doctor was um stuck yeah. in prison and for them that was like 10 months or something yeah and like now, how are they going to react when they're finally reunited and it's been three years? Will she be like, oh, sorry, Doctor. I understand that it's completely not your fault that you were trapped somewhere <laughs> for three years. Or I ten years know. for the Doctor or whatever. No, yeah, how long was God. it? It was like a real long time for the Doctor. It was like thousands or something. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, so that's that. Yeah. We also see Carvanista. Carvanista, the man himself. And he says something like the Earth Shield is breachable now so um yeah i don't know what that's all about we have swarm who says can you feel the time force growing it's working just as we planned so that's that we also see brief shots of bell of vinda Mm -hmm. and the victorian guy victorian guy (laughs) who is the biggest mystery of the series (laughs) 
and yeah yeah that's it that's what i wrote down i so. i have a sneaky feeling that it's going to be a dr light episode Ooh, i think because you might be right the doctor's an angel and we've got like kate kind of filling someone's shoes as like the leader in the present we've got yeah yaz and dan in the past we've got bell i feel like it might i think that's enough to be we've got filling vinda. An episode. <laughs> we've got vinda yeah like i i get the feeling the doctors might be a bit trapped in this episode yeah and, and i then... guess you know they're not going to want to resolve it at least straight away are they exactly you know i think you're right and then maybe that builds the tension for like for episode six mm. the big return i saw a theory that the grand serpent is the master ah, but interesting i don't know could be could be could be but I don't think. If they bring back the master, I feel like it should be Sasha Dewan still. Yeah, I really want to see Sasha Dewan again. But Personally. it's definitely building to something, whatever that might be. It is. I really want like a really big, good ending. I really, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I want like a Day of the Doctor-esque Me too. Moment. Me too. Oh. Oh, so exciting though. I love it. I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's Wednesday now. We're recording this with a little bit of distance. So we've only yeah. got a few days to go until the next yeah. episode. So it's all very, very exciting. Right. Okay. I think it might be time to wrap it up, Jazz. It's Yeah, we've been talking a long time. Is this a long Oh, this is maybe our longest one yet, I think. It is. Okay. So there's a lot to edit, not much time. Yeah. So let's close it. So we hope you enjoyed listening to our discussion, our reaction to episode four, Village of the Angels. Um, we'd love to know what you think about the episode. So please follow us on Instagram at listen underscore pod. Send us a message. Let us know your thoughts. Also, you can send us an email at listendoctorwhopod at gmail.com. And we look forward to seeing you next time for another fun Doctor Who discussion. Thanks for taking the time to listen to listen. <laughs>